재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 According to the Ministry of Health and Welfare, Korean parents adopted 683 children last year. Uh, that is up from the previous year's figure of 637. On the other hand, fewer Korean children were adopted overseas, uh, 374 to 535 a year earlier. So what we're seeing is a reversing trend, uh, more domestic adoptions, less overseas adoptions. However, it still remains that uh, South Korea, although a relatively advanced country economically, still is one of the world's biggest exporters of babies. To talk about this in more detail, we're very pleased to have joining us from Sung Kyung Kwan University social welfare professor Hong Jun Sung. Hello. Hello. Professor, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, in your view, what do you think are the major contributing factors to the recent rise of domestic adoptions? And do you think people's awareness of adoption have improved over the years? Well, first, I did want to say I do have a few comments about um, the issue of domestic adoption. This is really not a new phenomenon. It's been going on for a long time. And the rate of you know, domestic adoption is not always easy to discern because many people in Korea who do adopt um, domestically do not always disclose the adoption. Um, okay. I do feel that you know, it's very encouraging to see that more Koreans are adopting you know, domestically and that societal perceptions about the importance of blood ties have changed, changed somewhat, especially among younger couples. So that, that's one trend. And also, um, you know, previously, I mean, Korea is still a Confucian-based society that places importance on, you know, family lineage and blood ties. But now, especially among younger couples, there's less importance placed on blood ties. And the other factor is, is that, you know, family structure has changed in South Korea um, since industrialization, and um, more people are delaying marriage. So some people who might marry at a later age, they might have difficulty with pregnancy or because they're marrying really late, so they might choose to adopt. And also another factor is that, you know, more people, especially younger people, have um, less negative feelings or perceptions about adoption. It's been a long-running social taboo, uh, as you point out, this, I guess, thousands of years of Confucian thinking about blood ties and lineage, um, the idea that uh, it's somewhat, I suppose, a shame to have this part of the family. Even these younger people you're talking about, their parents uh, would tend to still have that, uh, I can say, anachronistic thinking. It, it still is a situation where Korean society and culture has quite a bit to go, right? That is very true, and um, but I do see a lot of you know progress made, especially how people perceive you know issues such as like adoption or domestic adoption. When we look at then um, just a breakdown in, in in a few of these numbers, it does seem like it's kind of surprising to people who don't study this issue. But two thirds of the domestic adoptions are for girls, um, and it's actually the opposite for overseas where more of the, the vast majority of the overseas adoptions for Korean children are, are boys. What are the main reasons behind this? Um, well, that's a, not an easy question, and that actually kind of surprised me as well. Um, I know, like, for example, in China, it's totally the opposite, where more girls, you know, because of the one-child policy, more girls are likely to be adopted 
than boys. Whereas, like in South Korea, um, more boys who are not healthy are likely to be, you know, adopted. Um, that's not a very easy question. It could be, you know, due to the fact that, for example, um, you know, girls might be perceived as easier to be taken care of. They're less likely to, you know, act out or become have behavioral problems than boys. Okay. That's been actually an issue in the U.S. So that might also be the case in South Korea. Interesting point. Uh, there's been controversies, debate over this uh, special adoption law enacted a few years ago. Uh, what are your general thoughts on that law and whether you think it's been helpful or not? Well, I do see the benefits and disadvantages of this law. Possible benefits um, are, you know, the government is aimed to reduce the number of adoptions abroad and to protect children. Um, there's been a few incident, um, incidents, like in the U.S., like, for example, in 2008, where four Korean adopted children were murdered by their adoptive father. That was a major news in Korea as well as in the U.S. And um, there's been a few cases like that, but that one's actually one of the um, well-known cases. Um, children will be, like, the law states that children will be eligible for adoption abroad if the government fails to place the child in foster home, and it mandates that mothers wait seven days before giving up their parental rights, get an approval from the family court first, and then register the um, birth with the government. And so it seems like, you know, that would be a viable, you know, option to, like, reduce um, overseas adoption. But it could also, there could also be problems, like, for example, you know, for single mothers or young mothers who are underage, um, who has to, you know, who choose to, like, give up their child, maybe that could cause problems between, you know, them and their family, especially, you know, parents who are not supportive. So that could be, like, one, you know, possible problem. And bottom line, uh, the government has for years now been trying to reduce the number of overseas adoptions. <laughs> they, they, it's a, I, I suppose it's a point of pride, national uh, standing to them. They don't want to be known as baby exporting, uh, a baby exporting nation. Uh, but that being said, it does seem like on the flip side, you say um, there are, needs to be more uh, changes made in the attitude of Korean society, maybe even in the social welfare front. Uh, there needs to be a more conducive environment where we don't have single mothers who feel ostracized by society, economically speaking, feeling this doesn't work and how we can make and foster an environment. Uh, what you think the country needs to do to make it so we don't see these constant news reports of baby boxes and, and, and abandoned children and whatnot? Well, um, the first thing is, is that I know that, you know, um, the issue of um, South Korea as an export um, orphan, you know, exporter, that is problematic. And that came, you know, that stems from the 1988 Olympics when Korea really opened, you know, its door to the world. And there was a joke made by, like, journalists saying that, you know, South Korea is the number one or number one, you know, orphan exporter. And so, um, you know, Korea wants to shed that image. But I do feel that, you know, rather than that being the goal, it should more be, you know, to safeguard children. That should be the goal of, you know, any policy or any program or, you know, any, um, I guess, like measures to, like, increase, like, domestic adoption. That should uh, really be the goal rather than, you know, trying to shed its image as orphan exporter. 
All right. Very good indeed. Uh, Professor, thank you very much for joining us on this day and uh, shedding some insights into what is certainly still a very difficult issue. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Professor Hong Jun-sung from Seung Yung-kwan University. We've got Seoul City News up next.